I geek out about birds. My uh, my mother retired right when my contract ended, and retiring and birding is a big thing. So I started birding with my parents, and it turns every moment of your life into an awesome scavenger hunt. Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel, and I'm Felicia. Deep breath. Deep breath. <sighs> okay, everybody. Deep breath. That's good. I feel good. Although we should be careful because we're locked in a room right now. That's why we have to take a deep breath. <laughs> we might use up. Oh, all don't our use oxygen. all the oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yes, live we're, recording. Like, we're not even joking. We're literally potentially locked in this <laughs> tiny little box. Of Everything our room, is going to be fine, and this might be the end. And no, we only have like a quarter cup of water. Yeah, we're, we're going to be okay. It's, it's, people can see us. They'll get us out. Hopefully. Oh my gosh. Stay tuned. Well, well, hello, Stay Felicia. tuned for the next edition. I know. <laughs> next week, there'll be no podcast oh episode my God. and you'll know why. Speaking of dead people, um, I started watching, um, um, oh my gosh. Why am I blank? Oh, American a, Gods. Oh, it's like a dead people show? It's, no, American Gods. Oh, um, I haven't seen it yet. How is it? It's amaze balls which will go to our guests um it is incredible i think it, every episode gets more and more intense so it's like the i think i'm on we're on the fourth mm. episode it is crazy it is unbelievable that this they're they've made this into a tv show it is spectacular i mean the i acting, read the book a bunch of times which is yeah. great so. well it's funny because i only read it once years and years ago so i don't remember it but i kind of like that i don't remember it because yeah, then it's surprising it is surprising because there's like a dead person in it and i was surprised <laughs> i was like oh she's dead a zombie okay <laughs> all right sure all right, then. we'll make that work and shadow moon the guy who plays yes. him yes great he was in the 100 and now he's in this and it's so good and um highly recommend ian mcshane is mm, is wednesday oh he's great he was um he's been in a bunch of stuff and then there's a uh, crispin glover Okay, who yeah. is so creepy. He plays Mr. World. He yeah, is he's perfection. a creature. <laughs> yep. And Gillian Anderson. Oh, my fave. Amazing. She, I've seen her so far. She, so she plays the God of Media. Mm-hmm. And so she was um, Lucille Ball, Marilyn Monroe, and David Bowie. Wow. So far. Ooh, I know. Look forward to I it. know. It's really definitely like worth it. We don't have stars, but we're like, we got a little subscription from Yeah, you can get like a Amazon. trial. Yeah, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Amazon. And then it just. I, I've done that before. And then I forgot to cancel it and then they started charging me so I yelled at them and then they gave me the credit back oh that's <laughs> nice pro tip yeah because I will say it's that's a this is a really hard show for to, to binge watch because oh, it's really? so intense so you have to like space it out yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was definitely like it'll give you creepy dreams so so anyway all right that was my maze balls balls moment <laughs> yes <laughs> what about you I don't know man I I was telling Rachel earlier, I had a stressful weekend, so not a lot of time for self-care, but um, yeah. But we got a big week coming up. We do have a big week coming up, and what I do want to know is that um, we have our teams for the Super Bowl, 
Oh. And as people may or may not know, I am a Philadelphia native. And so I was very excited last night, uh, which was Sunday night, because I went to a bar and I was watching the Eagles play and they just like crushed the Vikings. So, yeah, that's, that's happening. Exciting. <laughs> that's a little self-care. A little mini- it was a little bit. Yeah. Mini self-care. Yeah. That's so controversial to say this since we're Boston-based. I mean, no, (laughs) I just (laughs) I have been refraining from tweeting too much about this because I don't want to get into a whole thing. But I just feel like um, as people know, I and you are not huge Trump fans. And the owner of the Patriots is a Trump friend. And Tom Brady likes to be coy, but he's basically a Trump friend. So I just feel like, you know what? The Eagles are the team that you should support okay. if you don't like Trump. <laughs> I like that. Wow. So, oh, my God. So I'm basically just putting it out just there. saying that every Patriots fan is also a Trump supporter. I just am saying <laughs> if you that support is... the Patriots and you don't support Trump, you got to take a long, hard look oh. at yourself. <laughs> well, I'm completely agnostic. I feel like this is like going to so, be a very controversial. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, we're going to lose every single <laughs> one of our Boston listeners. Or I don't know. We I think our community is probably fairly... Uh, like not into football. I'm going to make that. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will find out. (laughs) It'll be exciting. (laughs) So controversial, but maybe we'll pick up a bunch of Philadelphia. There you go. Yeah. In fact, we may have a Philly event coming up at some point this year. So so perhaps this is just uh, (laughs) the first step in our Philadelphia strategy. (laughs) In our our secret Philadelphia strategy. Oh, that's funny. Mm. Um, Yeah. But so speaking of, of, uh, what you like to say is world domination. And I, you know, I've cringed at that, but I'm feeling it today. I don't know why. So, uh, yeah, so we're going down to New York because Felicia is speaking on microaggressions, yep. um, which will be amazing. Amazeballs. Amazeballs. We have to just use that word. <laughs> Amazeballs. And that'll be on Thursday. Uh, it's the Culture First Conference by the wonderful, wonderful people at Culture Amp. Yeah. And actually, I think the timing will work. So if you're listening to this yes. on Tuesday, there's still a chance yes. to get tickets. Get tickets. Uh, let us know if you're coming. You can tweet at us and reach out and we'll be there. And uh yeah, we'll be there Wednesday through Friday doing stuff. Yeah. And uh yeah, it'll be fun. New York will be fun. Yeah. And live in the New York dream. Live in the New York dream. <laughs> if you if we can make it there, we can make it anywhere. I don't know if we've made it there. We haven't. It's an if. <laughs> if we make if we make it there. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. Well, speaking of someone else who also sort of uh, straddles the divide between New York and Boston, yes. our latest podcast guest today is uh, Lauren Boyce. And Lauren and I go way back because we started working. Well, we didn't start working. But um, when I started working at VMware, she was one of the first friends that I made there. And she's awesome she is and not only does she have this great job but she her secret not even it's not a secret her like her like alter ego yeah it's not an alter ego because it's like it is who she is her i don't know i don't know it's not her day job 
But her. she has 970,000 followers on her Pugs of Instagram account. Yeah, she's kind of a minor celebrity. Well, yeah. no, she's a major celebrity, she's actually. A major celebrity to me. What am I talking about? Uh, she is a humongous celebrity in the Pug world. <laughs> <laughs> and she's an awesome woman and has done she a is. lot of cool stuff. We found out things about her that we had never known before. We're not even going to tell you right now. You're going to have to listen. Yeah, so you should just listen on, learn all the things, and you should follow her on Pugs of Instagram. You should. You Instagram. should. Absolutely. She's pulling her hair back. <laughs> She's ready for a fight. She's ready for I hope Should not. I take my earrings off? <laughs> no, take her earrings off. No, Your there's no fighting. This is, Thank you. this is a loving environment. It is a safe I know. space. Okay. And welcome, Lauren, to our Thank podcast, to the She Geeks Hello. Out podcast. You were saying earlier, you were a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you something. You don't have to be nervous. This is a safe space. We're nervous because you're here and you're so amazing. We're not nervous. We're not nervous. I was just trying to make her feel better. <laughs> Do you remember Lauren? Um, so Lauren actually was a speaker at one of our former um, – yes. were you still Boston Girl Geek Dinners then? Probably. I think we were Boston Girl Geek Dinners. It was 2014. Yeah. Yes. yes where. Uh -huh. And you were like, I can't do it. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, no, you God, absolutely yes. have to speak. So I got up there with you. Fire and we had a I'm nervous. I'm like, my heart's healthy. Fire oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's All right. say what Lauren does and then let's – We are here. Talk. Our guest today is Lauren Boyce, <laughs> Director of Talent Acquisition at Digital Ocean. Welcome. Thank you. And that is not all you do. Mm -hmm. You are also the force behind the insanely popular Instagram account, Pugs of Instagram. What? Why are you talking so quiet? I don't know. It's like my NPR voice. It's just coming out. It's super weird. It's her right. inner Terry Gross. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to make her not party. nervous. Yes, I'm like, trying to be like a nervous. calm voice being like, everything is amazing. <laughs> right. I think I'm good. Okay. All right. <sighs> okay. Yes. But yeah, so you do yeah. two awesome things. Um, what should we start with? What do you want to start with? Where do you want to go with this? Oh do you want to tell us about your journey? Just, just, just take me on the journey right. you want to go on. Just All right, well, I want to. I want to know. So you've been doing recruiting for yeah. ages. Yeah. So how did you get into it? What brought you to it? So I got into recruiting. Um, this is really funny. I worked at. Did you guys know I used to own a nail salon? No. See, no. This is why we do okay, this. OMG. So I have, to, like baller, I have to pause by the way. super quick. So I just want to really – I'm actually going to let you talk at all. No, 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 no. I, I'm we should also talk tell, We should lot. also tell listeners that she's a friend. She is definitely – well, that's what I was going to say. Oh, so okay. I was going to explain that I have known Lauren since um, – I want to say 2010-ish, 2011-ish, because I interned at VMware where Lauren was at for many years. Yeah. And um, and I remember you were one of the first friendly faces who would actually oh, say hello to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> Who doesn't say hello to people and who's not friendly? I Boston, can't stand it. Boston. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so we've known each other for many yep. years, yep. and you were just a delight and a friend and a mentor and a professional colleague and an awesome person all around. But, but I had never known mm -hmm. yeah. that you owned a nail salon. Right. All right. So here's the scoop. <laughs> so when I graduated from college, I don't even want to say when because I'm Why? old as... A few years I ago. I graduated in 1997. Does that make you feel oh, better? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Well, you look younger than I do, so... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. I'll... And do you want to know when I graduate? Well, yeah. No, you right, don't have to tell us anything. <laughs> anyway, when I graduated <laughs> in 1990, shut what? Up. I shit you not. You look like you are 35. I'm going to be 50 in like <gasps> 13 weeks. You are blowing. <laughs> she my does not mind. look like that, listeners. <laughs> I shit you not. Like, I just, because I figured out, 
the there are all these life. things I wanted to do before <laughs> I was fifty. What products do you use? Well, that's something that I'm a little. That's that's what I geek out about. So we'll have to talk oh, about that later. Right, I know that's like right, a famous okay. little segment. I, th- I thought you were going to say that's proprietary. <laughs> no, it's just going to be like, no, 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 how much are you going to charge me? But no. So all right, let's just go back. Okay. Okay. Rewind, like I'm wondering even what the song was that year in 1990. Boom, boom, graduation. So I graduated from college and there were really – so I went to school in Washington, D.C. and I got back to Portland, Maine, where I'm from. And um, I had just – I had no idea what I was going to do. And I used to go get my nails done because I love having my nails done. And um, this girl that used to do my nails worked in this basement of this just disgusting cheese ball hair salon. Mm. But she was raking in. Like she was making so much money, just bank, just printing money every week because this was before all of the different little nail salons everywhere, right? So um, I – I just became obsessed and I was like, I have to do nails. Now, mind you, my parents are like, come again, what? Uh Uh-huh. You just graduated from school. (laughs) So I was working at – do you know what Hannaford is? You know the Hannaford supermarkets? So my mom was a HR leader at the company. Isn't that so funny? And um, I was working in the – this is so funny. I used to work – I had a job where I would figure out how many pallets could fit on one of the Hannaford trucks to like – Go to the delivery. So you were the like doing ops, grocery ops. I was doing ops like before it was ops. Let's just yeah. Say. Wow. But anyway, so I hated this job, obviously. <laughs> and I was You're not like, an get person. me out of this. Like, I don't want to be in this warehouse. I I lived on an island. I lived on Peaks Island, and I have to take a ferry. It's six fifteen in the morning to get to this job in South Portland, like in time. So I hated it, and uh, convinced Holly to open up a nail salon with me in the old port in Portland, and it was called Top Coats. Oh my god. It was so cute. What? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I have to take a sip of, you know, <laughs> of a not vodka. It's water. <laughs> of a beverage. But anyway, so yeah, so I did nails for a few years and I uh that was like my first business I went into. Holy crap. So what how did you start this bit? Like first of all, the commercial real estate we know is crazy. That whole Right. Thing. But, but remember this is like 1875. Portland was not <laughs> Portland was not it was the baller. Pilgrim. Wow, you look yeah. really amazing. You basically, you were the first nail salon to exist in all of America. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. But Portland wasn't all amaze balls like it is now. Yeah. I mean, it was parts of it was kind of just still. It was really always quaint and beautiful, and they always had a major foodie scene. Huh. But it wasn't like the Portland that there is now. But we had right. this little place in the old port called Top Coats. And so I went into business. And she had been like – she went to beauty school like right after oh. high school, did the whole thing. And I was her business partner. But I knew not – I just didn't know what I was doing. And I think that um, – long story short, I hated being a business, a partner with someone. So I look at you guys and I marvel. I'm not a good business partner. Or I probably would be now. But I didn't want to hear all the stuff that I wasn't good at. Oh. And I just felt like – You will hear that. Like, from your business partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I the just, time. I no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was really funny because it was it was I say just a nail salon, but it was it was a good business. But I hated um, I hated having someone tell me what to do when I thought I was doing the right thing. Right. And then I would just do it or not do things just to spite. You know, I was really immature. Well, I was like 22 years old. Yeah. So, um, but I got my my father. It's so funny. He brought me to the bank and I had to like tell them like my business case for opening up a salon. It was oh. hilarious. It was already determined that I, he was going to do it, but they made me sweat it out and go talk to like Joe Banker in Portland and be like, I want to open up a, like like a nail salon. Like they, it was just so stupid. <laughs> but I think 
Um, we opened the salon and then I did it for about a year and a half and I was like, I hate this. I hate, I hate it. I hate it. But I learned so much and a friend of mine was opening a salon in New York. So I went down to help him with some of his stuff and that's kind of, that's how I got out of Maine. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Had you always wanted to get out of Maine or was that just something where you're like, okay, I'll try this You know, all my besties from college lived in Connecticut or New York and we would see each other a lot, but um, I really miss them. I miss them a lot because I went to high school. It was a girls' school, but we weren't all from the same town. Mm. So everyone kind of came from all over. And so I didn't really have like this big posse of people that were kind of doing the things that I wanted to do or the hang I wanted to have. So I... um, I moved, and that's how I started doing nails at like a big slot in Scarsdale. Isn't that hilarious? You you moved, and you were doing nails in New York now. I was doing nails in New York now, and then um, you were actually doing the nails. I was doing the nails. I give like a mean manicure and pedicure. How did I never know this? This is unbelievable. Do you you have gorgeous nails right now? Did you do this yourself, or did you get somebody else to do this? I go. Yeah. I just love to like go. I love it. There's a place I go in New York on Rivington Street called um, Aikido Nails, which is amazeballs. Okay. That's good to know. I I just discovered a paint box. Is it similar? So it's uh, paint box is like the posh Soho big sister of Akiko, which is like you want, you know, Kim Kardashian's butt on your nails. It's like (laughs) nail art, like really edgy kind of fun. (laughs) Really? Once I had them. It was never a dream until now, but (laughs) it's going to happen. Right before Christmas, I had them. um, The girl was like, I got alphabet letters for nails. And I was like, I counted real quick because you know what my favorite word is, right? Yes. Amaze balls. So um, she put it fits amaze balls fit perfectly on my. Love hand. It. So I had amaze balls nails. Whatever. Great. Yeah. And now we know what we're calling this episode. Yeah. Well, I already knew in my head. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> so funny. So I have a quick question. So yeah, yeah. what happened to the main nail salon? So um, Holly, we just decided to um, she was going to take over and I was going to move on. Okay. So yeah. Did she like buy you out or something? We had. Um, she did. She did buy me out, and she um, to this day actually she has a really nice salon in Falmouth, Maine now to this day. She's, I see her once in a while. Like I, she's, um, she's, been, she's really successful and has this – she closed uh, top coats and then opened like a full service salon. Like oh. We just had a nail salon. Yeah. But for a really long time, she, did, she was doing business in Portland. It was really successful and wow. cute. Wow. I just wanted I just wanted to like beat feet. And you're still you're, you're still friends. Yeah, we're so it's funny we um you know Facebook brings everyone back together again. <laughs> and so I think we started kind of after I moved. I mean this was so long ago. This was 1991, 92. Mm. So um over the years, we'd see each other on Facebook. I actually saw her uh, last winter in Maine oh. at a restaurant I ran into her. Yeah. We always hug each other and say hi. Okay. So as okay, someone who's so. – I want to ask another question though, about the 90s, okay. actually. So I've been recently <laughs> like rediscovering and re-falling in love with like the grunge scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were you, was that big for you? Or? Hell no. No. Okay. Because I was wondering like – because I think <laughs> – I wasn't like the grunge girl. No. You were all about the 80s? I was – no. I was at like Madonna, like – Yeah. Like – I was that Blonde way. ambition tour. I was a hundred percent all about that, and then I, then MTV played "Smells Like Teen Spirit" and "Alive," and I was like, and I was fifteen at the time because I yeah. feel like the age matters, and I was like, what is all of this angst? I must be a part of this. Yeah. So I was wondering. That yeah, that I was age- on the. I was a little too. Yeah. Well, mature. actually, people my age totally love them. Okay. I think I was just Team Madonna. Okay, that's fair. I. The first Madonna song I ever listened to, my friend Scarlett Yudzik, I don't know where she is out there, but we were, um, I went to a school, we had to wear uniforms and we just sit on the floor and eat lunch. So Ew. we're sitting on the floor in this, <laughs> like this little area. We didn't have a cafeteria. We would just bring our lunch and sit down. And she put her little yellow 
Sony Walkman ear, yeah. like things mm-hmm. on me. And she was playing Borderline from just the Madonna, the first oh cassette. God. Yes. So I was sold. So forget Nirvana and everything. That's I was fair. like all Madonna. Maybe we can get Madonna on our podcast. We'll okay. let you know if we get Madonna. Put out the intention we're just gonna, the universe. We're just going to keep just naming. Pray to Oprah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Bring Madonna to <laughs> Sheep's out. Bring Oprah to Bring uh, yeah. out. That would be also great. We're putting Bring all the, the celebrities. <laughs> We've decided that celebrities listen to this and know that they're now going to be on our podcast. <laughs> Putting it out I bet there. they starting do. with you on Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Legit. So it is true. But anyway, means, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so, okay, okay. so we're in New York. Yeah. You are into Madonna. Yep. You are still doing nails. So I'm doing nails, living with all my friends, living my best life in Rowayton, Connecticut, and driving to White Plains and Scarsdale <laughs> oh in my, my little shitty Buick car oh to go do nails. And um, I really loved it. I loved the I loved the salon life because it's really fun. People are always in a really good mood. I worked for this really creative, awesome guy who um, just he just created this amazing atmosphere at work. And I just loved the way he ran the salon and um, just met a bunch of great people and did it. I stayed there. I moved back and got like a real job, quote unquote, um, in 96. Mm -hmm. So I moved back to Boston. But I lived down there. So like four years, five years, I was living down there. What was the real job? So the real job was I got a job at a school that was kind of like a a computer training center. And what I would do is I would recruit students to take the classes and then we would find them jobs when they got done. So kind of like now it would be like a general assembly or places like that. But it was this, it was at, um, you know where assembly row is? It was computer learning center. It was next to the movie theater and it was like 1875. I shake. So I was so we had like, um, you could learn how to be like a, um, like a help desk person. They were teaching, um, you know, like C++ and, yeah. you know, it was it was just kind of all over the place. But it was kind of had this element of like the shady computer training school, yeah, like yeah. whatever. But um, what were people the, what, really got jobs and stuff. There were advertisements for those yeah. schools. I'm trying to remember what they were. They were probably in like the Boston Herald, like on the back page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, but it's needed. It was needed at the time. It was totally needed. And I think that um, it was a great way for someone to change careers and mm-hmm. better themselves in some way or scratch that itch. They couldn't go to college, but they were really handy and they were geeking out at home, fixing their stuff or writing, you know, programs and stuff. So it was a really great way for someone to not invest as much in college and, and time and be able to really do their thing. So that's kind of like, that's that's where it all kind of started lining up. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. And so. then, then what? So I get this email one day. <laughs> From this woman. So we, we've crossed into email territory. <laughs> so now there's email. Yeah. We've got thanks for bringing, the, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So the telegram. We have cars, century. we have email, we have maybe cars. some cell phones. <laughs> These girls are rough. Roads are paved. <laughs> so, so this is like 1998. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's the, one, the first boom. So in 1999, great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I got... I was at work and I received an email on my Hotmail account, right? And um, this woman writes in the subject line. So hilarious. And I'll tell you who she is in a second. I don't know if people people around here might know her. She writes in the subject line, I just saw your resume and I'm intrigued. Oh, classic. (laughs) First of all, there was nothing for her to be intrigued with on my goddamn resume. (laughs) I still get emails like that. Oh, I don't. Such a great subject no line. No one's intrigued by me. Such a great subject line, though. And I still kind of use it. 
in some variation. But anyway, so she was this woman who uh, owned, she and her husband owned this agency. Um, she called it a boutique agency, right? Yeah. That was like the thing That's to say great. then. And so she had, um, she had, they had two practices. They placed accounting and finance people, and then they placed uh, computer consultants. And it was pre, like, you know, Y2K, the whole thing. Right. So I went to work for her husband and his business partner on the tech side. And that's how I got into recruiting. Mm. And she, her name's Dina Gardner, and she's an amazing recruiter. And she, um, she's, she was, they really taught me everything I know. They were really, really amazing. And so you've been doing this consistently for quite some time. So you're yeah. like a master at this. I think that. I am a master at it. Yeah. I really do. I would say you definitely are. I mean, from it sounds what I remember braggy, but I really you, do think I like figured it out. Taking off the silly friend hat and putting yeah. on a very serious hat. Like you killed at your job. Like just Thank were you. one of the most professional not only did you do your job well, but you cared about the people that you work with, which I right. think is such a huge difference. Oh, so. I know. I have a team right now that's amazing, and I think I think about like what makes these guys and girls so amazing, and it's that they um, they care about people, and they care about building an amazing team, mm-hmm. and they care about you know. Sometimes it's like just get asses in seats and just hire anyone, right. and the care and detail and thoughtfulness that they put into their hires for their hiring managers and teams. It's amazing. And that's what, that's when you build great teams and build co- great companies. Yeah. 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 So what are, what are some, uh, what are some tips for, for, for recruiting? recruiting? So I think that like the big things, and I've, I didn't know to say it then, but I think looking back, if you're like, what makes someone good at it or, or how, you know, how can you be a successful recruiter? I think it's just being really authentic and being genuine and being very, very, open and transparent about everything. You, mm. A lot of recruiters have that um, used car salesy thing, and it's really – a lot of them don't, but you kind of have to think about – you just remember the ones that are like that, right? You don't remember the ones that really gave a shit and really worried about, like, is this – even if you take this job, is this where you want your career to go? Mm. If you're a recruiter and you're willing to, like, let someone go who's amazing that your team wants because you know it's not the right thing for them, and what they, like, that's – that's kind of like the holy grail right there. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just being authentic, being able to um, understand what's going on at the company you work at and why jobs are open mm-hmm. and being able to um, communicate with everyone involved in the hiring process to make sure that everyone's in a position to actually figure out who the best people are to join the company. And you must get a lot of pressure too to, you know, if they're if you're working for a company that's, right. you know, trying to hire like a hundred people right. in a really short period of time and you want to get quality, it's right. gotta be really hard. How do you deal with that? So last year, um, my team is amazing. So at DigitalOcean, we hired I think 217 people last year. Wow. Amazing. And it wasn't until probably later in the year where I actually had a full staff. So I have have people that hired like 20, 30, 40 people, a person, you know? And so so the way that you do it and do it right is you you stop everything if you don't have a process and Mm -hmm. you stop everything if no one knows how to interview. Mm -hmm. And you teach everyone how to interview people, right, Mm -hmm. in the right way, right? You want everyone to be on the same page with the process because if everyone's doing the same thing, we're all going to get better at the same things. And it's it's just consistency is what makes everyone so so much better at what they do. So yeah. that's kind of how we went at it. 
I love that. When you actually have experience doing this before, yeah. you, you've done this a couple times where you've gone right. to companies and you sort of yep. have helped establish how right. that process looks like, what it is, how people go about doing this. Yeah. So was that something that you were taught when you originally started um, in that first role or was it something you no. sort of picked up along the way? It's really funny. No, I was not because when I my first role, I was working as an agency recruiter. So I used to um, place uh, consultants at Putnam and Fidelity and all the little startups mm-hmm. back in the day in, in Boston. So I didn't have my, I mean, I had my recruiting process, but it was very one-sided. It had nothing to do with what was going on at the company, but I think I had a process. So that probably is, you know, you would, um, you know, screen everyone, ask people, just figure out all the things, the things that you're going to, that you need to know about someone. So you know that they're going to accept that job at the end of this whole process. Because in the agency world, you don't get paid unless they actually take the job. Right. So you have to be really good at all of that qualifying, uh, the the recruiter screen is just, you know, key. Mm. And it's it's still key on the inside as well. Yeah. But if you don't ask the right things or don't have that information, you can't um you can't leverage that knowledge to, you know, push for a good outcome, whether it's for the candidate or the company. Yeah. Yeah. So um you are a font of knowledge. She really is. Yeah. I mean, I will say shout out to you because you helped me a lot when Mm -hmm. I was establishing um, the ERG at VMware for the employees. And we did a lot of work around like LinkedIn and figuring Mm -hmm. out what that meant and how that played into things. It was so lucky though. helping me with my processes, even though I was not a recruiter. (laughs) No, but what you did actually informed a lot of the stuff that my team did. So at um, there was this point, um, I forget what year it was, but it was like the... We, we, uh, Felicia and I really served the R&D function at VMware. How did I not remember that? <laughs> anyway, and so we you were, were like, what I was like, what was company that? was that? But so we, um, you know, we, she worked on, in the office of the CTO in Julia Austin's organization. And so I did a lot of recruiting and support of the office of the CTO and then the offices in Cambridge and Massachusetts that we eventually acquired. And one of the things that became really important to leadership was, you know, we really need more women engineers. Mm -hmm. We weren't really thinking about all kinds of diversity at that time. It was mostly like gender diversity, Mm -hmm. but you, so Felicia comes up with this amazing way to like, hey, you guys, you have to have gender-neutral job descriptions, and you have to, you know, lose these words, get these words out of the conversation. Yep. And she really – I have goosebumps thinking about it. Aww. But what she did was she was really able to help us in um, our approach because each recruiter that was like a lead recruiter at VMware, we all had a different pillar that we were responsible for. So someone would be like tools. Someone would be like, you know, um, you know, benefits or like the process I was, um, you know, Growing our, growing the women engineers, you know, just the pipelines, getting more women in the pipeline. Yeah. And however that could be, and just everything that you taught us really, really helped. Thank you. Yeah. I, I still remember delivering that presentation to yeah. staffing. <laughs> I would literally just beg her to give her this presentation to anyone who would listen. And now she and does they, it all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. Literally, that was like the seed of seed. how I started doing all that research and understanding. She I want to say so it was 2013. Amazing. She was still is. <laughs> she just, but the thing is, is the way that you were able to clearly and crisply show and mostly male engineering leaders what they were missing out on by using certain terms or thinking about things in certain ways. And it really, um, I, 
people were just blown away. They had no idea because everyone's so smart. They think that they know, you know, all these MIT PhDs yeah. that are now like running these R&D organizations and, and they'd sit there and, and learn about like, wow, you know, I probably shouldn't say ninja or rock star anymore. Right. And I probably should make things sound more inclusive. And, did it, and it was just, it just never dawned on them. And she's just like schooling them everywhere. Yeah, it was amazing. In a very positive way i'm sure she did, in a positive very low-key right way. non like, non-judgy right. i where i'd have the megaphone being like listen you jerks <laughs> start <laughs> nerds listen I, to me <laughs> i feel like i'm blushing thank you and i also feel like i have to say i did not pay warren to say any of that no 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 no, no, no. no i'm like a big fan well thank you likewise i'm also a fan so um, I'm a fan of yours too. Oh, you're so <laughs> sweet. All fans it of is each other. very kind of you. I know you have a much deeper relationship with Felicia, so but I appreciate well, you adding me still into time, it, my friend. Hey, <laughs> um, things just took a turn. Hey, okay. well, I, the other sort of challenge, which is something that I know you had asked in your in your questions to Lauren originally, is um, attracting people who don't know the the company. Right. So that's you did that with VMware. Yeah. You're doing that now with DigitalOcean, right? What are some of the challenges with that? And how not do you as high of a brand recognition? Yeah, yeah like, I how think do you that resolve the challenges? I should say. Yeah, I think that what you have to do is uh, it depends on. I've now everything I've done has always been mostly in R and D, engineering, recruiting. But over the years, I've started recruiting other types of folks. But my my deepest well of you know, I guess advice would be probably for those trying to find uh, engineers, but I think it applies. But I think what you have to do is if you don't have a company that has a lot of um, press or recognition or you're small compared to all of the others, I think it's all about talking about the great work that you're going to get to do mm -hmm. and the impact you're going to have. Yeah. And I think that is selling the story. And I don't mean selling in a cheesy trying to like, you know, fool anyone, but really like let people know about what they can do and what the impact is and how they're going to be better for it. Yes. Because a lot of people, you know, I've had opportunities to go to bigger companies, but it would probably be just to do the same thing. And there'd be 25 of me doing that. And even mm. though it would be this big job and this great title, I wouldn't have the impact. Yeah. That I, you know, that I have now at DigitalOcean or I, or at, when I was at Yesware, yeah. that I would at one of these bigger companies because there just isn't the need for it, That's right? right? So it's like I think that it's really fun. I think people should try if you can work at a work at some small companies and then go work at some big enterprise companies because I think it just both it makes you such a rich. Um, you just have such a rich library of scenarios to kind of use in your toolbox when yeah. you've seen both sides. Yeah. What about sourcing? Is sourcing yeah. harder too? Sourcing is really, um, I think that, first of all, I think that you have to really love to source because it's not every recruiter knows how to source. Mm -hmm. And some recruiters are amazing, but they're amazing at putting people through the process that apply mm -hmm. or referrals and whatever. Sourcing is really this calling. And I think that sourcing can be, um, if you love it, it's really fun. And you do, you know, you can do, we call, you know, talent maps. So you can talent map different companies and find out where all the people are going that have specific skills, follow them, get to know them. They do just, a talent map. 
What is that? Is that something through LinkedIn? You just sort of like... No, I mean, like, it's basically on a Google spreadsheet or whatever. It's just called talent mapping. It's kind of a, it's like a recruiting term. But it's like, if you are, for example, we opened the office in Cambridge for DigitalOcean, right? And we wanted to kind of tap our reserves in the area to just figure out where are all the people that are um, product managers who have storage experience? Mm. Where are the people that are working in compute around right now? And so what you do is you purposefully sit down and plot out where everyone could be and the levels. And you, you look sleuth around on LinkedIn, your own personal networks, and you start to figure out, hey, these are some places that I could recruit out of. And if you know what's going on at the companies, you can say, oh, these guys, people that started here are going to be fully vested and they're going to want to leave or oh, things are going right. to happen or they might. So like you start taking the news that you hear about the companies yeah. and you match it up to where people are and you can sometimes predict when they might be ready to make a move or, um, you know, just be ripe for a call or you hear big projects been canceled and or like layoffs just happen. Yeah. Swoop on hey, it. Hey, GE employees. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds kind of skeezy, but the thing is, yeah. is what the great thing is about being a sourcer or a recruiter is that you're calling someone and saying, I've got this amazing opportunity for you. You're yeah. not trying to sell them anything. You're trying to sell a the next step in their career, yeah. uh, more financial security perhaps, or maybe financial insecurity because they're going to do something super risky, but something that they've wanted to do that they've been yeah. waiting. Yeah. So I think that um, it's it's just knowing what you're doing and who you're talking to. I, my mind is blown a little really bit. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I thought about it that way. Yeah. Any, anything else of recruiting related before we move on to pugs? No, we're good. We want to talk about, we want to talk about Instagram, don't we? I can feel it. Oh I my can God. feel it. Look at it. is like busting. She is I wish I should have, are dogs allowed here? Yeah. I could have. Sure. Well, I that, actually don't know. I think if oh, a dog came in, Wally. I could have brought Wally. Uh, well, I call Wally my boyfriend, although I know wait, I'm not I his only JLP girlfriend. Was your boyfriend? Uh, Wally's my dog boyfriend. Oh, that's confusing. <laughs> Wally is so cute. He, he is adorbs. He's a brindle pug. Do you know that they're brindle pugs? Most people just think of their black pugs or the tan ones that are called fawn, actually. Mm -hmm. But Wally um, is a brindle pug, and he's just. I think he's been my child through many lifetimes, and he just finds me. Aww. Like, he he was a rescue. He was found down in uh, – Thanks to Julia. That's right. So do you know the story of Wally? I Did, think you should tell us the story okay. of Wally. So I, um, I worked at VMware with Felicia and Julia Austin, and – a Julia used to live down on the South Shore, and the dog officer had a Facebook page. And one night, they picked up a stray pug. So, because she just knows I'm obsessed with pugs, Julia sends me this thing: "Ha ha ha! Here's your third pug." And I was just like, "Yeah, no, my husband will divorce me. I can't have any more pugs. I have two. Like, we're done." Um, and then I just kind of let it sit. Then she goes in and she sneaks in. She goes to the Situate Animal Shelter and she said, I want to see that pug. And they're like, there's no pug here. And she's like, I know that there's a pug here. It's not up for adoption yet. So we're doing health check, whatever. So she finagles a way to get in there. I guess I think that she pretended she was looking to see a cat or something. She and her daughter <laughs> go in like little, you know, little spy prowlers. They go in and they, um, whatchamacallit, they take a picture of Wally, which I have. In his little jail cell. I know. And you just posted it recently. I did. Because it was, so it was like his forever anniversary. With, forever. Get it? F-U-R. F-U-R. But I, <gasps> Anywho. That that's how I got Wally. Long story short. So um, I finally applied for him. I didn't want to do it. But it was the night. It was like the night before Thanksgiving break. And Julia comes down to my office on her way out. And she's like, hey, did you send in your application? You know, like she's just like, <laughs> did you do this? And I was like, <laughs> you know. So I, I just did it. I don't, I, was, I don't even know what I was thinking. And then I got a call right before Thanksgiving saying, hey, on Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, you've been picked 
and a few other families to meet Wally. Oh, so it was like a, a couple, like like trial by... Yeah, but I think it was total bullshit. I think that they just did it to like create this false competition. So you would like definitely... So I would go there him. and be like, I need him. But anyway, uh, everyone who wanted him supposedly had a pug. And it was the pug was going... They were We all had great references. We all were great to go. We would have all been great families for him. They wanted to have the pug siblings decide who was going to get him. Holy crap. So do you know, I drove down to Situate with Arliss and Tonka, and I was like, you little bastards, you will eat Johnny's Food Master generic food for the rest of your goddamn lives if you screw anything up today. Because I was getting their food, like still do, like it gets flown in on dry ice from Washington State. It's like raw food. I eat Domino's and like lean cuisines, and they have like this balls food. But anyway, they did great. They were sweet, and we got Wally, and it was... um. It's been, I think it's six or seven years, This just this last Aww. Thanksgiving. Yeah. He's delicious. I bring him to work sometimes with me. Yeah, he would come to VMware sometimes. It was the best. It's so nice. Yeah, they don't really have dogs like in the space or anything, but I think if you like brought him in here, I think that would have been okay. So we'll just pause this Next podcast yes. and we'll just have you run back and then come back. <laughs> Fine. Just kidding. You're like, I'll do it. <laughs> I know, it's like, let's call Uber. It should be like an Uber pet. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Although I would that's, trust no one to put my little fair. Wally in a car and drive across town. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so, okay. So you have, you have these beautiful beings in your life. Yeah. Well, can and we, can we trace it back to when and how the obsession started? Well, yes, we can. There's actually a moment in time, like I know what what. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, I I want to know. No, like it, I thought you knew. That's why I was. No, like, wow, I she's had kind of zero idea. That's why I dancing around it. <laughs> so I was I was um, flying to California to visit my friend from kindergarten, Liz, mm-hmm. and um, I picked up a book. I'd always, for some reason, I've always loved pugs. I thought they were really funny. If I were uh, driving down the street and I saw someone walking a pug, I'd pull over and be like, "Can I pet your pug?" Like I was one of those people. And I read this book called um, Clara. I think it was called like The Dog Who Ruled My Life. It was a memoir written by Margot Kaufman, who used to be a um, reporter on NPR, and she was amazing. And sadly, she passed away from cancer. But she wrote this book about this pug, and the pug was just magic. And I've noticed all pugs are magic, but I didn't know that when I read about her dog, Clara, but it was just the way that she would describe the antics and the behavior and just people's reaction to her. I said, I, you know, I have to get a pug. And that's what started the obsession. When was this? This was uh, probably like 2001. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Okay. So this has been a long time obsession. So right. Instagram was not a thing in the world no. at that point. No. And but I, it was when, when it came out, you were ready. I was ripe. Well, and you were also, and I want to talk about this because you were like a pretty early adopter of Instagram, yeah. right? Because yeah. you were ripe. You were ready. You I wanted ready. to show so these pugs. How how did that happen? How did you hear about oh. it? How did you get on it? How did you start this whole thing? I have no idea how I even stumbled upon Instagram. But I maybe – so I've always been a shutterbug. Like I've always had cameras. I used to like send my film away in the mail to get developed. I mean, no one. We that's, all did. Yeah. Well, some of us. No, I did not. They were like, no, I was like digital camera age. But anyway, so <laughs> I was always taking pictures and I think that I – um. I, I probably had a new iPhone and was looking at the apps and stumbled upon Instagram. But I was a pretty early adopter. I think that I don't know exactly when. Well, we actually we did. We yeah. do. So it's 2011, February 18th. 18th. So that's when I started. But I think it might have been launched like maybe that 
spring or summer or something. Right. But I, so I got my first pug in 2005. Right. Okay. That just, so it took me four years after reading the book to get the pug. Okay, good. Good to know. Thank you for that. Just wanted to like, just in case anyone's like, timeline. we need this timeline. Right. Yeah. It's very important. So it's six years in. Six years in. A full year living with, living the pug life. With Arliss. Actually, six years in. Yeah. Wait, That's so you when, have, so Arliss was your first. Yeah. <laughs> He was the first pug I gave birth to. Yeah. He was your first. <laughs> he was. He was he was the he was just the pug king. He's the most regal, majestic mm-hmm. little thing. And sadly he passed away yeah. um last year. I'm sorry. But he was he was twelve. So but he was a puppy. I got him in two thousand five. And then yeah, when he was about what six, that's when You got Tonka. He was the first he was the First thing I posted on Instagram was little Arliss. First little picture. Across the street from my house on this frozen park. So February 18th, 2011, very, very early on. I had my own personal account. This was not Pugs of Instagram. Did you know that? Oh, no. I knew that. Yes. (laughs) So I had my own account and I was just following Pugs because I'm a one-trick pony. And everyone that was following me had Pugs. And I was just following okay. pug people, and I was sure. like, hmm, they had dogs of Instagram. Okay. But I was like, listen, no offense, but I don't want to see any Doberman pinchers <laughs> and like corgis. Love all dogs, but corgis I'm just adorable. Corgis like, are so cute. Let's just talk about pugs, really. But you I, know, I want a corgi video channel oh, because I just want to see them walk behind. They're just channel. little bums. They, they're bing, just their bums. Bing, that's all yeah, I want to see. It's all about the bum. <laughs> yeah, but that that's what happened. So I um, just started posting my pictures of pugs. In, on my own personal account. And then it was like, wait a second, there was dogs of Instagram, which is still around and like really popular. And then I, one night I remember I was in bed scrolling on Instagram like everyone does. And I was like, oh, I have an idea, you know? And then I did, I I quickly, I did pugs of Instagram. And when was this? Was not 2011. This was, we'd have to, we have to search back. But okay. ish. Was it like yeah. a couple Actually, years Actually, right. Or? So no, it has to maybe like a year or so. Okay. I'll find out. Okay. I'll confirm. Because I feel like the dates are so important because you jumped on it early so you were able yeah. to get well, and to And also you had the handle. Right. So I have – and I started the tag. And yes. do you know how crazy that is? People actually – I think Pugs of Instagram is one of the most searched – like you could be selling a Chanel bag and you you just dump, hash, you know, hashtag Pugs of Instagram <laughs> – and you just get more eyeballs on oh it for some God. whack. It's, crazy. it's so really from now strange. On, on our podcast, I, know, we I mean, just, on our we should just uh, hashtag. Just totally just, we really hashtag. should. I was actually joking earlier before the podcast started recording. So um, sometimes Lauren, as Pugs of Instagram, will like or comment on one of my Instagram yeah, posts. Yeah, bad at toggling and, between um, it's personal. Like, I don't mind because I know who it is, but immediately I notice an uptick in <laughs> pug people following me, liking me. And sometimes they don't unfollow and they just stick around. And I'm like, why? I have no pug. Isn't that funny? Because <laughs> they still, they, 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 maybe they like multiple things. Maybe they like. But she has this power is what I'm saying. Uh, you do have so. this power. Why haven't we used this power for She Geeks Out? We have we, to. We will. Yeah, we could do like a whole because how, She Geeks Out pug Oh my God, edition. amazing. I'm so in. What, how many followers do you have ish? So. I have about 970,000, but, but wait, wait, I had a million. I was going to ask, how about, how sad is that? 30, what happened? So (laughs) I started a new job when I started at Digital Ocean. Actually, it was really fun. I started at Digital Ocean. I was really, really close. And I remember um, like November of 2016, I guess, I, um, I hit a million and it was amazing. And then... Two things happened. They stopped doing the chronological thing. Yeah, which sucks. Which kind of sucks. So 
what that means is that you used to be able to just, you know, you'd turn, you'd go to your feed and you'd look and you'd see everything in chronological order. Then they just, they changed it. Don't yeah, even I ask me that. to describe it. stupid Facebook the worst. method now. Yeah, I, I don't I love it. it. I don't love it. All of a sudden I see a post from, from, from like five right. days ago. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then they had this thing where they would say, like, everyone, turn on your notifications so you know. And I just thought that was, like, so cheese. Like, I didn't want to say, turn on your – like, I just felt like a dick asking people to do that. So I never did. And maybe that's what has bitten me in the ass. But I um, I lost – I think I'm losing because I don't post as much. But I have to start posting more. And I know, like, with with an account like this, like, you can see the analytics, like, when you should post, who, like, my demographic, it's 18 to 24-year-old women. <laughs> Duh. That's our demographic. That's actually younger I know. than I thought it would be. I know. Be. I know. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I can show you. It's really interesting. But it shows you, like, what dates and days and times are the best time to oh. post. And I just honestly, with this new job, I'm just so overwhelmed. I don't have a second to, like, you no, know. No, that makes sense. Rub because- in my concealer, let alone <laughs> – freaking post a picture well, of a it's just pug. funny because I remember starting at VMware finding out that you were yeah. part of Instagram and for me I was like oh that's cool I followed yeah. you whatever and then one day I was talking to my friend Meredith Meredith Standiford who Rachel also knows and she has um, she has a pug and has always been very pug crazy and we it was 4th of July weekend and we were hanging out at the house and casually I was like oh well you know like my coworker is pugs of Instagram and I didn't think she would, like, react the way she did. And it was like a bomb had dropped. Isn't that <laughs> she so was like, funny? O-M-G, can my pug get on pugs of Instagram? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's like a celebrity. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's her name? What does she do? Where does she sit? What does she look it's like? It's so <laughs> funny how people get so excited and freak out. And I have so many people that are like, I like this guy. He has a pug. If I send you his picture, will you put it on pugs of Instagram? I'm like, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I use it for Have good. you made any love connections? I, I might have. So last. Last Friday, I was flying back from. I always take the train from New York. I never fly because it's yeah. always a nightmare. Yeah. yeah but no, my definitely. friend from work was flying back. And so I decided to take this flight with her. And we got stuck. It was rainy and it was like just we, an hour on the runway, the whole nine. The worst. And so I was doing little stories, not realizing I was posting like the stupid Lauren stories on Pugs of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I was, you know, like I had the filters were on like the little bunny and my friend, and my friend. And Lynette's going, it was, oh we just God, looked like the biggest assholes. And then I realized. And you lost 30,000 followers just in that <laughs> so one. That's where you well, did. no. That's where so listen. Went, yeah. So then I was like, I could delete them or I could just say, okay, so like I'm an idiot and I didn't whatever. So I'm sorry. Like there weren't a lot of pugs. So I decided I like, to like say I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. So I did a little thing to apologize. And then I was like, listen, Lynette, my friend is single. And I was just like, here's this opportunity we have right now. And Shut she's just up. like, tell me more. And I was like. Why don't we, since you were in these stories with me, let's just see if there are any cute, nice no. men in New York who love dogs who might have seen that that want to give you a call. And so I said I was playing Cupid, and I put that in, and uh, we've had some inquiries. That's all I'm saying. Shut really? Up. Now, you know what? That so would be a fun. great Valentine's Day thing to do. You could do it um, every feel year. Free. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so or cute? Or <laughs> I would love to just do. That's see, this is the thing. It's yeah. this. Ta- this is what everyone asks me about. Why aren't you monetizing this? Right. Uh, I could, you know, I should be, and I'm a jerk for not. No, you're but not. I don't want to crud it up with a bunch of stuff. But I also think that I could use it to do good things, especially for pug I rescue. Like it. Use use the pug yeah. power for good, not right. evil. Yes. Right. Well, anyone can sell like a shitty iPhone case with 
a knockoff of a pug on there that like art that they stole. And that's most people that contact me want to sell shady stuff like that. So I wouldn't mind doing ads for, and I've done stuff for stuff that I really use and like, but I want to do something that's more formal and actually have something that would benefit pug rescue because so many people um, turn in their pugs. There's this, I oh, no, it's going to get sad. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. I've got my head down. It's going to get sad. I think – so two of my yeah. pugs are rescues. So I think it's just because people don't realize that you know, happens pugs too. pugs are um, – pugs have some health problems. They're breathing. They've got very um, – they can hurt their eyes because they bug out a little bit, right? They are – they have a lot of health issues. They shed 24-7, 365 days a year. <laughs> and they don't act like dogs. They're they like little aliens. They're aliens, which I – so I love that they're – jerks and they shed and they're aliens and they don't want to act like dogs. But I can see some people who are not dog people are like, this is too much. I'm not going to deal. And they, they, um, what is the word I'm looking for? They just turn them in or just they surrender them. Up. Surrender they them. them. Exactly. Yeah. They surrender them to, thank God, there are these pug rescues yeah. all over yeah. that rescue them and, and nurture them back to health. Our dog walker, Joanna, who's a great friend of mine, she basically just walks pugs. Oh. She lives in um, Medford near me and she pulls up and has all these pugs to walk and she adopts senior pugs and gives Aww. them like the best last years of their lives. That's so Aww. nice. And she's just like an angel. So it's like if I could do something where if I could take some of the money and actually farm it out to yeah. um, like support people like her. Yeah, or yeah. Or the people that go and drive the pug from here to like the foster parent right. or the, you know. So I, if I could take some time off and just think yeah, we'll talk to I would boss. really like we'll talk to, to your boss at Dio. Okay. He would he would totally let me do this. But um <laughs> I think that everyone really loves the idea and I want to just I want but I, you know what all I've done is talk about it. I've done nothing about it. So well, let's just well now that I like that I've put you're this out there. preparing your process. Well, you've I'm got I'm in the contemplation stage. You've got at least 20 people listening to this. Amazing balls. So, I'm just kidding. We have more people than that. Who cares? Um, it could be the cares? right 20, Rachel. It could that's be the all right that celebrities. Don't forget about that. That's all that matters. That's right. Hey, Oprah. Oprah, Madonna. Oh, my God. Sarah Silverman, if you're out there. Okay. Um, so, we have some fun questions. Okay. Let's talk about some fun questions. Unless we maybe right before we get to the fun stuff, one more question. Do okay. Talk. Can we challenging stuff. And I know we talked about the nail salon, but have there been like any challenging moments in your career in the recruiting space and how have you overcome it? So like challenging because the work was hard or I hated where I was working or just everything. Mm -hmm. So fortunately I can't say that I've had lots of like really horrible, I've had horrible challenges like people have, like you might not have a boss that understands you or like really, you know, management changes every five minutes or things like that. But um, I think that the um, the first time when I was working at the agency, right after 9-11, all of my clients were in the financial services industry. Mm. And I hated, I, I hated reaching out to them during this time to try and sell them computer consultants. And my throat started to close up. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have conversations with them because I just felt so gross. And, you know, I had managers that are like, you know, you've got to get more. Because what I would do is I would go and I was the account manager. So I'd go get all the recs and then my recruiters would fill them. So I had all the relationships with all of the people that hired them. I just felt like no one is in the mood for this right now. And I and I know like the show must go on, but I just hated it. So as more time went by, my throat started to close up. And I couldn't – I literally – I remember sitting in the uh, parking lot one day and, that, and I just 
that was it. So like that was as soon as I don't believe in something or as soon as I can't, I don't feel it, that's what usually happens. I can't even talk about it anymore. And at that point, I called some friends who they were all working at Monster at the time. Mm. And I went to work for them because I had a non-compete. They were kind of suing everyone that was leaving the agency. So I went to Monster and sold Monster stuff to like resume access and job postings to recruiting agencies and people that did what I did. And it was like a great transition you know, carried out the non-compete time. And then I ended up at uh, VMware. Nice. Yeah. But that like that was like probably like the worst time in terms of like just not feeling like I could do what I yeah. wanted to do because I felt just so bad for yeah. I, my customer base. Really. That, that just means you're a good human. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. a wonderful story. But recruiting is horrible. No one when they're a little kid <laughs> says, I want to be, be a recruiter when I <laughs> grow up. I mean, it is like the most thankless job. And you just, you are constantly, you could do everything right. And the person doesn't accept the job. Yeah. You could do everything right. And then the rec gets canceled. You, you know what I mean? So it's one of those jobs where you just have to be an optimist. Yeah. So I am like, well, you know me, I'm like, are you the ultimate optimist? Yeah. I have such a high tolerance for bullshit. It's oh, unhealthy. Wow. So I'm very optimistic. But it's funny that you have a high tolerance for bullshit, but it was hard for you to be in that relationship when you were running a business with somebody. Yeah. You know what? I think it's I, I have a high tolerance. But... Well, it's it's funny because maybe what I think bullshit is, is that it's like I have um, – I will stay so long because I'm hopeful and optimistic that it's mm. going to work out. That stuff's the bullshit. Oh, got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Got it. Because it's like this is going to work. This is whatever. Yes. Because it usually does, though, I must say. See? Deep, there I am. There, there it is. is. Listen is. to this. I heard it here, right. folks. You are right. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay, so um, what's the big vision for you? Ugh. So the big vision is there is no vision. Totally legit. Yes. I have no vision. That's okay. I've never planned. I've never tried to – see, because of that, I probably – you know, I, I don't know if it's hurt me, but I'm not a, I'm not this, personally, I think that a vision, I've had visions over time that change a lot about what I want to do. Because I think as you get older and you start seeing what you think is a vision at this stage in your life or this stage in your job, it changes. So I've decided that like my vision is just, I have no vision. But I like, you know, I I like certain things a certain way, and I like to work with certain types of personalities and people and companies. And I think maybe that's my vision, but I don't think of it that way. I love that answer because I think there's so much pressure on us. We talked a little bit about this before to I like know. have this vision and you know and know your passion oh, and what's your yeah like your for your five year, and it's just it's a lot of pressure that you know it's just it's sort of like a new phenomenon, you know. Back in 1875, when you right. were in your teens, I just wanted to survive until I was 21. Exactly. Nobody was, was thinking about what their five-year plan was. Smallpox is sweeping the nation. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was the plague. No, <laughs> but I feel like your vision is to be a good person. Yeah, I I want to be a good person, and I want to. Um, I really love to. So there's the personal vision and then there's the work vision, right? So you can be a manager. And I've had someone say, you know, you just, you know, she lacks vision. Mm. And then I and, – and you know why they say that? Because I don't run around ramming my vision up everyone's ass to be <laughs> noticed. I just try and do it by making shit happen. I also want to call the podcast something around Is that ramming horrible? your vision up your ass <laughs> with long. I mean, it has to be baseballs, but I know. if it had another title, would, that's what but it would that's be. hurt me though. I think because yeah. sometimes I don't articulate what I'm doing. Yeah, 
And so they're kind of like, what does she do? And then it's, it's done, game. and they're like, oh. But it, I just, yeah, I'm not really great at tooting my own horn, and I'm not great at, you know, yep. dig me. But I think that that's probably good in a way, and I just kind of keep my head down and yeah. do me. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think there are probably a lot of people that are listening to this that can relate to that. I certainly yeah. can. I think yeah. Felicia can too. Is like exactly put your head down and get the work done. And it's really hard, I think, as women to just sort of be out there and be a really, you know, self-promotion. I think it does not come naturally to a lot of us. And that's not necessarily what we're about. We're about getting shit done. But they make everyone, I don't know who the they is, but you are made to feel like you need a vision. You right. need to be like, you know, you need to be a certain way. I mean, just look at people's Instagram accounts. Like they are curating oh, this yes. certain way of being, like whether it's their personal vision or whatever. And it's kind of like, for who, for what? Like, I'm not, like we should all have purpose and we should all want to do good things. But I just think the vision thing is just kind of, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't trust it. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> now we're getting into the uh, visions are the worst. No, I, yeah. those, I there's no, some I'm people kidding. that have these authentic, you're... amazing visions yeah. for their life and for what they want to do, and it's purposeful, and they can get people on board and whatever. That's amaze balls. Yeah. I don't have that skill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, although I will say, I think one of your visions also might be having pugs of Instagram to give money to pugs rescue. Yeah. That's potentially. All right. That, all right. Thanks. You're like, yeah. I'll allow it. It's a goal. No, no, no. It's that's a goal. good. I'll put that in my vision column. <laughs> yeah. When do your vision board? <laughs> your Let's vision do vision board. boards. Sometime. We're going to yeah. do vision boards after this. All okay. Right. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so our classic question, which we yeah. started to get to before is what is it that you geek out about? I mean, out. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so I'm, it's so funny. Can we talk anything beyond pugs? Is it like and nails. and nails? So I geek out about something. Okay. So I'm totally geeking out right now on the 10 step Korean skincare regimen. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. where we started. Sorry. I know I was, not supposed to hit, there it is. <laughs> I was not supposed to hit the table. That but was so, I have to like tell you. Dramatic. It was very dramatic. So, I, so I'm either obsessed or just not interested. Like there's it's like 100 miles an hour or on the couch about anything. And it'll it'll the, the Korean skincare thing, that obsession and th something that I'm shaking out about. Well, oh, you should whatever. be because honestly, you look Great. like you're 35. So, I've been using it. This. Yes. So is it really complicated? It's not. Okay. Well, it is kind of, but sure. so but the idea is that um, and I, you know, if you're young and you're listening to this, wash your makeup off every night yeah, for God's sake. Even if you're shit faced, coming home from the bar, whatever, do just do it. And don't use those stupid wipes that just move all the dirt around. Wash your face, please. Yeah. Okay. And moisturize. And moisturize. But the idea is that you do um, this double wash. So you get like your makeup off first with this like kind of oil or, you know, some sort of like oily balm thing. And then you use a water foamy cleanser to clean your, to get all the stuff off. And then um, in Korean skincare, toners are not like astringent to use in the cleaning process. They're more about um, just building up that moisture yeah. in your skin. So I really think that even if it's, I think that alone is what is helping my skin this winter yeah. because mm -hmm. I'm making sure that you just, and you know how they pat stuff into their skin? Are you guys patters or just rubbers oh, on your face? I try to pat because right. I read that rubbing can give you wrinkles. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying rubber. to be I'm trying to I'm be a like lazy a garbage pat. person rubber. Yeah. <laughs> try try and pat. <laughs> Sorry. Try and pat this weekend. I'm gonna try and patting. Look, and I'll check in with you next week. But it's like <laughs> I love it. Do a little patting. But it's I'm waiting for the group text. Did you pat or rub? Seriously. <laughs> oh my god. I think patting's good. But basically they have ten steps. So it's 
cleansing and toning and wait, um, are there you cleanse twice? You Does cleanse that count twice as two of the ten or one of the I ten? I think so. We'll have to you hold up the fingers and <laughs> count. Right. So there's the the cleanse, the cleanse, cleanse, and then there's um you exfoliate. Okay. And then you um you know the sheet masks. Yes. So ah, the that's ones. you don't have to do that every single night, but you want to do some sheet masks to kind of like seal in the moisture. Then they have these things called essences, which look like toners, but they're a little thicker, and they are made out of things like that have uh, birch tree juice or. Snail stuff. They sound like from snail, like a serum or it's, something. They're kind of serumy, but they're not a. Um, they're 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 between a toner and a serum. Okay. And then what that does is it prepares. You've exfoliated. You're ready to have all those great products sink into your skin now. Okay. And then you. That's when you put your serums in. Okay. On. Okay. Then there is a. Then to you know in the daytime you do moisturize and then right. you put sunscreen on and then at but, night you don't do the sunscreen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. So you do that routine twice a day, just sunscreen oh, yeah. in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So Whew, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm a I'm a nighttime routine kind of gal. So you can totally you can modify it okay. for what you, you need. We can like work up to it. You know what I'm I think? Exhausted. I think anything that you do regularly, whether it's ten Agreed. steps or three steps, if you're consistent and it's good, like yeah. brushing your teeth. You Brush- know what? Brush your teeth. Right. Yeah. One little tip about the Korean skincare stuff is they have really they have banned a lot of the ingredients that you know we could. You're big into natural skincare and whatnot. Yeah. So the cool thing is, is they have. Um, I feel like they're more. They have natural fermented. Um, lots of natural fermented ingredients, and they uh, cost less. Where do you get them? So there are some websites. There's mm. this one website that I'm in love with. Can I, I say? Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I love Soko Glam. So- Can you spell S-O-K-O? Like South Korea, like Soko Glam. And they have this clog, get it, like blog, but where they do lots of stuff. And then there's, there are just so many. You can go on YouTube and just put in like Korean skincare regime. Yeah. But I think that what it, what I like about them is their skincare is a lot less expensive than the stuff that we buy that doesn't really work that has all the nasty chemicals. Oh, mm. All right, good to mm-hmm. see that. Yes. Okay. So that's what I'm geeking out about. I love that it. Next week, it could be something else. That's Next okay. week, it could be I like, love that you know, you're geeking out about this. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, um, so I have been very much on the the green beauty yes, train. Yes, that's your thing. Um, well, it, I've been full time on She Geeks Out. Um, What's your personal for, passion? It's a personal. Well, I have to say, I'm like, Burn it all to hell a little bit. It's really? not that I'm it's not that I'm anti it, but I am giving myself a little bit more leeway. So to not always use natural. Yeah. 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 So like I like getting a gel manicure. That's not who, gonna be good who for does you. It? Do you see these yes. bad boys? Yeah. Yes, I do. And they are lovely and it's yeah. worth it. That's the thing. Um, I still struggle with like makeup products. Right. It's really hard in the natural space. Yeah, because that's going to be on your skin all, all day, day long. long. Like I can see using – that's kind of the exactly. thing. I, and they talk about lead being in lipsticks and yeah. stuff like that. And, but and then ugh. I, then I – um, but so I found this new moisturizer at Sephora that a lot of people know. It's called Sunday Riley. Oh, yeah. I am obsessed with this so moisturizer. So do you have good jeans? The, Pretty uh, No, the Sunday Riley product oh, called Good oh, Jeans. Like, I don't know. Maybe I have good jeans. Oh, it's a <laughs> you definitely have you definitely have good jeans. <laughs> but this is this. If you are liking yeah. her moisturizer, you have to yeah. this. It's this serum. I guess it's like a serum, but you can put it over your. Um, you can put it over your mo- uh, moisturizer or just. Oh yeah, I was gonna say raw or just I, on on your skin. What am I trying on to say? On your skin, directly just on directly your skin. on your skin, and it gives you this raw. glow. As a moisturizer, it gives you a glow, and it has this exfoliating thing. It makes you glow. Oh my god, Ooh. you glow from within. 
I mean, <laughs> that cannot be good for you, but it sounds great. I think it's all, I think it her smells, stuff is pretty natural. I think her stuff is not terrible. Yeah. And the, the smell of the, the, um, the one that I have is like this cucumber. I'm like obsessed with it. Yeah. Obsessed night and day all the time. So yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on the products. I really, it is, it is a thing just, that yeah. I like to spend money on. Yeah, it's like a fool in her money. Yeah, it's always welcome at Sephora or Soko Glamour. <laughs> yeah. any of these. Are you guys at VIB Rouge at Sephora? Wait, what? Oh, you know oh, what yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I am actually. It's, yeah, it's not something to be proud of, by the way. It's oh wait, no, I'm not a VIP Rouge. I think it's just like having the point. Like, there's the points thing, but it sounds like you have a so step there's up. This, there's this level of mm-hmm. like ridiculousness that you spend a certain oh, amount, not. and it's it's called <laughs> VIB Rouge, and it's like this red VIB. card. No. It's, it's ridiculous. No, no, no. no but no. I'm over them. I'm just all into my SoCo glam. Stuff. I love that because right. you can get. I think you can get those masks at Sephora. Totally. Yeah. You can get the masks at TJ Maxx. Oh, well, uh, then. well then. You can just anywhere. A lot of places are or now Target. starting to sell all the K Beauty stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. That's what thing. it's called. The cool K-beauty. kids call it K Beauty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good K-beauty. Yeah. 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 I want to be cool. Yeah. You are cool. <laughs> oh. All right. Thank you for uh, <laughs> sharing that with us. I feel really informed. I do. Yeah. Okay. She geeks out on beauty stuff. <laughs> Sounds so like blurred. I know, but it's true. <laughs> it sounds so anti. Like I know, we don't I should need be like, makeup. I know, I know. But We're I feminists. We though. don't need makeup. Yeah, uh, when you're 49, pushing 50, and you look like ass in the morning, then judge you. me. I, don't I would never judge you. Okay, thank you. Ask the question. Um, okay, okay. Um, who or what inspires you? I think that um, I'm really inspired by my friends. Like you guys, people that I work with, people that I see who are trying to make a difference, that are nice, that treat people well, that just – I am inspired by people that um, make me feel good to be around them and people that are – and most of the time that means they're people that are doing pretty good things, you know? And I'm inspired by my mom. That's so nice. Yeah, she's really neat. I love that. Where is she? She's in Portland, Maine. Oh, okay. And she's retired. So you visit her? I do. That's nice. Yeah. I was there over Christmas and it was like 12 below every single day. Oh, yeah. More fun to it. visit in the summer. I yeah. But I'll still go and visit her in the winter. You're, yeah. you're a good yeah. daughter. Yeah. Um, what are your core values? I think that they uh, – not that I think. I know my values are just be a really nice person to everyone, right? Say hi to everyone. Yeah. Look people in the eye. Even when it's cold out. Even when it's cold out. Send a thank you note. Even when they're interns and they don't work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Or or the person Aww. that stops. Oh, Felicia's just having a moment. <laughs> oh, well, no, because like Aww. when I started at VMware, no one would talk to me because my team was not in Cambridge. They were in California. And that was, and Julia was nominally my boss, but she was like traveling and stuck in Europe because the volcano exploded. Yep. And I would sit at my cubicle all day and talk to nobody. So it was very sad. That is something that companies need to figure out. When I started at my last job, like I noticed that people didn't say hi to each other when they would walk in a meeting. Like everyone was down like this. And that drove me nuts because I'm like, hi, 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 hi. And so I just don't get when people don't acknowledge when someone walks in the room. It's it's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, What drives me crazy is if I'm walking on my street or any street and there's literally no other human being, it's you and this one other person and they're not wearing headphones Yeah, and they make eye contact with you, but they don't acknowledge you in any other way. Yeah. It's just like, we are literally the only people here. How could you not acknowledge me as another human being, a member of the human race? 
I say good morning space. to everyone. Good. And they look at me like, Ugh. Like you're crazy, right? And are you guys elevator talkers, stranger talkers? I do. I have the time. It depends. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I won't, I won't shy away from it. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. It's a very – but if you start saying hi to everyone in the elevator, yeah, it's just an icebreaker. And then you're going to be able to start to say hi to – because you have to say something and sit with that silence yeah. until exactly. they get off I know. whatever floor. Ooh. And that's really good training at like trying not to fill the air with – yeah. Right? Yeah. Like what we all try to do sometimes. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Go for it. Um, what's your favorite way to practice self-care? We probably already talked about this. Mm. Yeah. Well, Nails. right now it's the – yeah. Nails. That, yeah. Nails, and, Nails and skin. Yeah. Going – like taking an afternoon off and just going to do something fun or yes. reading a book or taking the dog somewhere or, you know, getting that time with a friend you're not able to see because you yes. just keep screwing up and not meeting, yeah. you know? So it's like just – time with your friends is good self-care. That's so true. Because I, I feel like I always feel so much better after I've done it. Yes, yeah, same. And, and I was like, I'm so busy. I can't oh my do God. it. Yeah. Well, you, Ugh, you see so those, over there's that. so many cartoons now too. It was like, you know, you're adulting when you're like so excited when the other person cancels because you can yeah. just like relax at home. Right. But it is really true that when you actually spend the time with that person, you're just so excited. It's yeah. like such a lovely thing. Do you remember some e-cards? Remember when they were oh like, oh my God. There was this really funny oh, one. What happened? I don't know what out? happened to them, but there was this really funny one that used to, there was one that said, um, let's pretend to get together again real soon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, but like, I want the anti of that, but yes. that I just that resonated with me for a really long time because there are those people that it's just yeah. kind of like, eh. mm-hmm. so it's like spending time with the people that you really want to spend time with. Yes, that's the self care stuff. Love it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of reading a book, yeah, what book are you? Re- what do, do you have a favorite book that you want to let people know about? I am so boring. I read lots of like business books on like coaching and managing people. Like that's just oh. what I'm obsessed with right now. Is there one that you recommend? So the one that I always recommend to everyone is the, um, it's called The Coaching Habit. Have you? I think I've heard of yeah, it. I think and I've read it though. It is, um, I forget the exact title, but basically it is uh, say less, like listen more and just kind of, but what it does is it gives you this great structure for one-on-one meetings to get people to kind of talk about things and let them solve their problems. It's great for managers that are fixers mm. that want to fix. So it's great. It's like let the people come up with their own stuff mm. and it's a really good I'll figure it out and I'll send it to Good. you. We can okay. add it to this. Yes, we'll yeah. add it. We will, and add then we'll it. read it. We'll read it, and we then can we'll have a book club. We'll, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a just... great book club book. I think for people that are managers, oh, cool. we could do like a book club. Do you guys have like a manager book club? She no, geeks out manager book club. We've been talking about like supporting female managers, people yeah. managers in particular. Because, I would love that. Oh my god, yeah. We'll we talk actually, more about that. We need to talk about that offline. Right. Offline. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, we'll, put, we'll put it in the parking lot. Do it. Put a pin <laughs> in that. Okay. Um, so I guess we can do the last two questions. Yeah. So first, do you listen to podcasts? I do. Um, do you have a favorite podcast besides this one, obviously? <laughs> well, so yeah. So I love your podcast. Uh, I love um, – there's one that I'm obsessed with recently. It's called We're No Doctors. Have you been listening no. to this? No. Okay. It's Busy Phillips. Remember oh, Busy yeah, Phillips? Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. And um, Steve Aggie, who is a comedian. And they're both a little hypochondriac ish. And so what they do is they talk about just like all of like the ailments that they have, you know, this, that. Oh but what's God. hilarious is they give each other advice and then they'll say, but we're no doctor. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's so, it's so funny. Like, you know, it's, we've all been there. Just listening to them talk is amazeballs. I love this. And they talk about everything from like, she did one episode where she just talked about like childbirth. 
uh, Steve got a bidet at the beginning of this year, and he's very excited and fascinated with that. And then they talk about all of these little things that are just hilarious. It's very infectious. So it's it's light and fun. I'm really right. I love that, especially yeah. because there's I'm I'm totally a hypochondriac. Yeah. I have like a little bump on the bottom of my foot, and yeah. like. I went and saw a doctor for it, and now the doctor's having me go and get um, a uh, an MRI. No, an ultrasound. Oh. for my foot because it's a tumor. Because it's a baby. So here's the thing. You know what? Because <laughs> it's, it's a, baby a baby in my foot. <laughs> but You're I have to say, <laughs> it's very good that you went to the doctor. And I think the underlying thing that they do say is funny is the the podcast is is. If something's different like, or weird, go to the, the goddamn test. doctor. Because <laughs> yeah. people don't do it. Or go to urgent care or do something because you need to Especially, do and not you know try what? and figure it out yourself. And can I tell you, this piece of wisdom stuck with me and um, it is, it's not, you're not going to like it, but it will make you go to the doctor, is cancer does not hurt. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I have foot cancer. It's fine. I'll be fine. No, it's a little. It's a benign tumor. Okay. It's fine. All right. Last question. Take it home. <laughs> I'll take it home. All right. So, what's your personal anthem slash song that um, I'm assuming it will be Madonna? Something by Madonna. It's so funny. <laughs> I am not as obsessed with her as I once was. Fair. But I do not. I'm just one of those. I don't have a favorite song. Yeah. I can tell fine. you like what I'm like totally like listening to lately, but I just don't have. Well, do you know do you know Madonna's um, unapologetic bitch? Yeah, song? how do you yeah. feel about that? I don't really love it. Oh, see, I kind of like it. I I think it's great. I'm just one of those people who gets pissed off when she doesn't play all her old shit. That <laughs> so That's if fair. I knew that more, but no, I think that um, I mean, I love I. It's a good song. I'm not like. Yeah. That's not like my jam. It's like an like anthem. It's, it's like very an- anthem. But you know what? I think it's good because I think we all apologize too much. Yes. It's just a thing. How many times do you say you're sorry during the day? Uh, I just said it I like- apologize for shit that is like so out of my control. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry the water got turned off in Cambridge today. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's like, I, it's, I, I think it's a great. Yeah. It's an anthem. I was just trying to help because yeah. it looked like you were stressed. So I, was I just, just trying to. I wish I, I could pull something out <laughs> of it. Do you know what? It's real. It's actually, um, if I were asked that song, I would be struggling with that a lot too. What I is just, yours? What is your favorite song? That's actually, thank you for asking. Do you have a personal anthem? Um, yeah. So it changed. I have to look it up real quickly. Okay. I used to love Beyonce's um, Love on Top, that song. Yeah. Like that's like a big like booming so thing. Or um, – but I, yeah. I, what about songs that get stuck in your head? Because I have one that's so, by the <laughs> way, inappropriate. All right. Tell us more. Do you know the song, I Drove All Night? Yeah. Um, Wait, the Celine Dion song? Yes. The, it's yes. A re, it's a remake from, um, well, actually, Cyndi Lauper did it. But then the original oh, was, yeah. um, oh, my God, please. Should please. we be Googling this quickly? Like, should we have, like, <laughs> should be your back? We need a research person in here. Because it's so bad. Where's our intern? <laughs> oh, my God. He's, like, a famous country singer. Oh, like, Willie Nelson, no. Garth Brooks. No. Um, Black t- hair. He's oh, like, that helps. Roy, uh, Orbison. Oh, my God. He was, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Vince Gill. No, my God. He's from, like, the, the uh, like, looking 60s. Oh, Johnny Cash? Johnny Cash. Oh, okay. okay. He sang, he he wrote, I Drove All Night. Will you look me, will you correct me well, on that? it says Roy Orbison, so I feel oh, like she, I was it? right. Oh, yeah, you were right. I was thinking Johnny Cash, but you know what? Felicia hair. was right. What? It was Roy Orbison. Yeah. So I feel he, like we've talked about this before. We did because because I like it 
So Spotify is doing this thing right now where it's like songs you listen to the most in 2017. And so I play that a lot when the Celine Dion version, when I'm exercising, when I'm on the treadmill and I'm like obsessed with this song, but the lyrics are so terrible and creepy because like, it's like I drove all night, crept in your room. Is that okay, all right? So you. you know what's really funny when you started saying I drove all night. I think of that astronaut who put on Depends and drove yes. through the night to go get her yeah. like lover, and she's like, "If I stop and pee, everything's going to be ruined." So I'm going to like sit in Depends for eight hours. Do you remember that? But I could see her listening to that song. It is a terrible song lyric wise, but I am like, and it's your jam though. It gets you like it's in my head. I can't get it out of my head. It's not. Maybe it's I should okay. have called you first, but I was dying to get to you. Yeah, the word, the <laughs> lyrics are so toxic, especially in this environment right now. They're like not appropriate. A oh, lot of, oh yeah, a lot there's of things some inappropriate, really oh, inappropriate stuff in here. There's yes. made love to you. Like that's what happened. He says, uh, "Woke you from your sleep to yes. make love to you." Yes. Mm-hmm. No, it was not good. Yeah. But no then bueno. Celine Dion sang it, which is also kind of weird. But <laughs> well, she's a force. She is she a, a force. She's a force. She's an energy. Yeah. Oh, and the, and honestly, like just the it's a dance. Yeah. Hit. Anyway. So I think, um, I don't know if it's been an anthem, but it is definitely something. Do you have a yeah. favorite song? Well, so I, I looked up my song because I couldn't remember it. Okay. Um, <laughs> my memory is trash. Um, <laughs> currently, Lizzo, Good As Hell. Mm. I really enjoy that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will say, because I we were talking about this before the podcast, but I am perpetually single and am always getting broken up with. But so I actually have a Spotify playlist of like breakup. <gasps> oh, Jesus. And like songs oh. for when I'm feeling bad. But the one that I would like to recommend as a breakup anthem, if anyone is going through this, because it is really enjoyable. It's by Miley Cyrus. And I normally don't love her. Yeah. But it's called F.U. It is very catchy. Okay. Really, really good. Do you guys know the song um, I Want to Get Better by the Bleachers? No. no. Maybe? Okay. Maybe. You have to find that because okay. that's like – that's. I was just thinking sometimes I listen to that as I drive to work and that's like pump you up music. Do you want to sing it? Just no. Just I don't. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but I found the book. Oh, oh the, the coach coaching habit. habit. Coaching habit. Oh, you're right. I went. I looked at the um the There's thing. There's a giant sticker. Had a sticker over it. <laughs> the coaching is... habit. Say less. Ask more. And change the way you lead forever. 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 Wow. It's, it's a gem. Reference. That should be our. Okay. That should be our book club book for. Okay. We can do that. We can All make right. that happen. Yeah. We could even have a follow up episode. Book club episode. Yes. And just talk about the book. All we right. could bring somebody else. Maybe it. bring on the author. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> the if, world is our oyster. Yeah, if, if Oprah can't come that day, we can I have mean, this person. Yeah. Michael. 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 Michael Stanier. Michael Stanier. Great. Come on to our podcast. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, this was amazing. It was so it much was fun. Amazing. Yes. It was amazing. We've been trying to do this for so long. We too. have. I'm actually really excited that we did this. <laughs> Me too. I know. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. <laughs> Check us out at She Geeks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.